0: Things are loud right now, even when our highways are quiet. Uh, things are loud these days in my house, uh, so loud. I, I work from a fairly small house where I split my office time between my bedroom and my son's bedroom. This is supposed to work well, uh, but not when three kids are home for months at a time. My kids are not quiet. They are loud. And sometimes when I try to make them quiet, I get loud louder than I want to be. And then sometimes we're all loud together, though none of us want to be. And every now and then we're all loud and it's a good thing. Maybe you can relate to a loud house, uh, but maybe your house is quiet without voices at unholy decibel levels and horror film pitches. Uh, maybe your house is hushed, but, but things are loud right now. Uh, our world, so loud. Your computer voices of debate, your television reports on the rage and the frustration of the moment. Uh, Your newsfeed is filled with endless best ideas, conspiracy theory fixes and press conference, and opinions, so many opinions. It can feel a little loud. So maybe you can relate to a loud world. Uh, But maybe that's not the real thing either. Maybe your media and your conversations are quiet and maybe your house is too quiet and maybe the loud is inside your mind. Maybe in the silence, uh, your thoughts shout at you and they constantly remind you of the things that have changed, constantly telling you that this isn't fair, uh, that you don't deserve this, that your stress and strain is worse than others and that nobody gets where you're coming from the loud thoughts that tell you that others don't care about you or don't understand what you're dealing with. Uh, Things are loud because grief shouts over everything else. It's noisy. And when you've lost things, uh, people, resources, experiences, trips, patience, normal, when you've lost things like that, it takes over and it's loud inside. And it makes the noise around us nearly unbearable at the same time. And that's because when we grieve losses, anger comes in and out without warning. And so does apathy, uh, because it's all rooted in, in sadness of something that's been lost and, uh, and something that's not the same. So it's all, it's all rooted in sadness. Uh, when, when our sadness causes us to lash out, it becomes anger. And when it causes us to withdraw, it becomes apathy and there's so much noise in every direction, and it causes us to be really sad. I wanna make things quiet, but I cannot. I try, and it doesn't work. I can try to control my children, or myself even. It rarely works. I can try to control my newsfeed. Though I can close my app, I cannot control everyone's opinions. Uh, I cannot control my state and national government though I can do what I think is right. And many times I can't even control what's inside me, my worry, my loneliness, my fear, or my frustration. It still pounds inside our heads. We have lost control of so many things, friends. We have seen the illusion of control for what it is. And we get angry because control is a terribly difficult thing to lose. So the question is, is there good news for us in the midst of this? There is. We are faced with a choice every single day, and that has never changed. It was true before March, and it will be true after May. And that choice is, will we respond to the invitation of Jesus moment by moment to be a different kind of people? For just a minute, I want to encourage those of you who are dealing with anger this week, uh, anger in any direction, Uh, because I talk with quite a few of you, and there's a lot of anger out there, and it's directed toward many different places family members, life situations, government, media, friends in ephesians four twenty six uh, paul Paul is talking about um, what it means to continue to mature in the body of christ and uh, and he gives this list and it, it can feel like a pretty strong to do list at first um, he gives this list of of things and ways that we live and behave. Um, that are different from how the gentiles live this is what he writes in his letter and so he's writing to a jewish audience and uh and he says in verse 17 to set this whole thing up you must no longer live as the gentiles do in the futility of their thinking okay and and then he goes on to say here's what you do and so in in the inverse of all of that is the idea that when you are doing this you are actually living counterculturally to the way that the world around you is going to be living. And in verse 24, uh, I'm sorry, um, verse 26, he talks about um, frustration. And he says this simple little phrase, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Uh, the interesting thing about that is uh, there's quotation marks around in your anger, don't sin. And Paul is actually quoting uh, the words from Psalm four and in Psalm four, four, here's what it says. It says, tremble and do not sin when you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Now the word tremble is where we uh, get the word shaking in, in rage, right? So it's the same, it's the same idea of when you're so frustrated that you can't even physically contain it. This is, it says, tremble and do not sin. But the reason that Paul says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, which, you know, is just good advice, but he's actually quoting this verse and people would have known that. And so they knew the whole story. And so the rest of Psalm 44: tremble and do not sin, get angry and do not sin. When you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Paul says, Don't let the sun go down on your anger because of what Psalm 44 reminds us of. Being on our beds at the end of a day is intended to be a time of soul searching, to be silent. But what causes us to go into sin, what causes us to, to have our hearts darkened toward God's love, is to choose to not let ourselves be silenced, to continue to dwell on that which frustrates us, to play the moments over and over again. To seethe, to give in and to indulge that feeling of powerlessness or frustration, to, to not be able to be silent. Search your hearts and be silent, Psalm 44 says. On your beds at night. And Paul says, remember what the Psalms say. Don't let the sun go down without searching your hearts and being silent. Anger's natural in our lives, frustration is natural but it can lead us to move deeply, deeply away from God if we allow ourselves to continue to play it over and over and dwell. And doesn't our world uh, do a really, really nice job in allowing for that to happen? Because we hear things repeated over and over and over again. We have 24-7 news cycles. This is the world that we live in. We must learn to be different than the rest of the world because of Jesus. So, so it's, it's in choosing not to indulge in those negative emotions. Um, when we allow our, our minds to be silenced each day, when we allow our hearts to be searched each day, um, it's in the silence and in the stilling of all the voices in us and around us that we can dwell deep with Jesus and hear the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. So when we are still enough to, to quiet the, the, the uh, power of our mind, replaying things over and over and over again, we end up being able to hear the voice of Jesus. And in John 14, Jesus gives this, uh, this beautiful, simple statement as he's teaching his disciples and he's reassuring them. And he says to them, he says, My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole statement in John 14:7 is, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. But that statement, my peace I give to you, it sounds a little bit like what Jesus said to the storm earlier in the Gospels when he spoke to it in the boat with his disciples. Peace, be still. The call from Jesus is to be still so that we can receive the peace that Jesus gives that's different than the peace that the world gives. Uh, the challenge is to search your hearts. And if you are still enough, Jesus will speak peace. And it will not be the fickle peace that we usually rely on. If you're looking for peace, you can find it yourselves. You might be able to get it on a day with really nice weather. You might be able to get it on a day with well-fed, happy children. You might be able to get it uh, from a kind word from a friend or a loving act from a neighbor. You might even be able to get peace by doing a loving act. But the weather changes, and actions come and go, and sooner or later, it's a rainy day, and you're alone with your thoughts, and eventually you're just lying in bed. But the presence of Jesus is what we have. So why on earth are we so bad at it? Uh, why, Why do we suck at receiving the peace of Jesus? I don't know, but my hunch is that it's because it takes real effort it takes a radical willingness to hang out with Jesus long enough for Jesus to actually rub off on you until you're changed. And this has got to happen right now, friends. It's got to happen across the country with Christ followers immediately. Uh, Now there's two things that God has given us in order to settle our spirits when the noise becomes too much. His presence through the Holy Spirit is one and the body of Christ, the church is the other. Now, right now, we're in this unique season as a church and because we're both stressed and strained and disconnected from each other, the disciples of Jesus, right? Um, The church of God across the world is in like an at-risk category (laughs) because we're stressed and strained and we're disconnected from each other. Okay. We're, We're at risk of not being able to imitate Jesus very well. That's just the reality. And so we at LifePath are no different. And we need to be aware. It's like when you go to the doctor's office, okay? And, um, and, and the doctor does an exam and he says, hey, your blood pressure's high. That's just the reality. Maybe it wasn't even your fault, right? Maybe it's just genetic. It's just the way things are. But hey, it's the way things are right now. But to mitigate it, to stay healthy, you're gonna have to be more intentional than ever. You know, time for some spinach, time for... for I don't know, less cheese whiz, um, you know, time to get your 10,000 steps in daily. It's important because if you don't ramp up that intentionality, then you could put yourself in a bad situation where your health is really, really at risk. So the doctor gives us a prescription, something to take, something to do, so that hopefully they can give us a better quality of life. We all want to experience life, eternal life this beautiful word that Jesus uses and that the Bible uses to talk about life with God that starts now and has no end ever. All right. We want to experience the best God that has for us. We want to be resilient. We want to be healthy. We want to persevere in difficult times. We want to be able to love when it's hard. We want to be compassionate when we don't have much left. We want to be patient with the people and the situations around us. We want all these things. We want to be able to access peace even when life is painful. And we want to be able to forgive even when we've been hurt. We want to calm down when we get angry. And we want to reflect Jesus every minute. We want the world to know that we are Christians by our love and nothing else. But we're at risk because that's not possible to do consistently on our own strength. So it's time for we us as a church in a new way to start to experience joy, peace, and hope that's accessible to us through Jesus. So it's time to ramp up our intentionality, right? To, to hear the prescription of <laughs> the doctor saying, hey, make sure that you're doing the right things to keep your health and, uh, and your life in uh, the fullness that it can be. So each week from here on out, we are going to ask you to join us in a Jesus prescription, all right, as dorky or whatever as you think that that's called, that's just what we're, that's where we're going with it right now. Um, and this Jesus prescription is gonna be one, we know that many of you have practices that you already do. So there's gonna be one very simple practice that you can do every day, or as many days as you can uh, during the week. There's plenty of grace, but we're wanting you to really lean into this that can help you stay healthy. And what you, what we mean by healthy is deeply rooted in the voice of Jesus through prayer, through scripture. So, um, and, and so the second part about that is that we're going to ask you to be a community and to step up with each other as you do it. All right. And so what we're going to do is let me tell you what the actual Jesus prescription is this week. Um, there is a beautiful prayer and sometimes, uh, memorizing prayers of some of the, those who have gone before us are, are very, very helpful and beautiful. And there's a prayer um, attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, uh, who I, I believe it actually was him that wrote this, um, but you, you may have heard it. Uh, it goes, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Oh, Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek uh, to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. Um, and, uh, and then it says, uh, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Amen. And, and that's the prayer. And so what we've decided that we want you to do is we want you to embrace this prayer and try to learn it, to say it every single day, to memorize it um, so that it takes root with you. So here's the encouragement this week. Um, there's a, we, we made a little page on our website. It's lifepathchurch.org peace because it says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Okay. So I'm going to type it right here. Okay. And what we have is we've got a bunch of downloads for you, okay? There, just images that Melanie put together for us. And uh, the first one is the, the shape of your screen. If you have a cell phone, which probably you all do. So if you look at it, um, it fits perfectly. I'm not going to be able to see that. It fits perfectly as your lock screen uh, if you want. So you can just download that picture and save it and put it as your lock screen if you want a helpful reminder. But we're going to ask you to take time to use that prayer every day and just take a five-minute walk. If you really hate walking, then you can just sit quietly, but many people are, are motion people, so they like moving. Pray that prayer out loud and just take a walk with Jesus, okay? And just, just be still and invite Jesus to make you an instrument of his peace. And you can't do that without the peace of Jesus being spoken to you at the same time. So that's what we want to encourage you to do. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to match you up with one person. And your job is not to become best friends. It's not to have super lengthy, in-depth conversations. It's simply to check in and say, how's it going? Uh, has it been helpful? Has it not? Have you forgotten to do it? No, no guilt, nothing like that, but just a check-in because this is what it means to be the body of Christ, to be community. Um, so if, if I say, Hey, go and do this, maybe, you know, 30% remember and whatever. But if we're checking in on each other and saying, how's this going? This, this practice that we're trying to commit to together, then maybe we'll actually find that, that God does something cool and maybe neat conversations can emerge from it. So, um, <clears throat> We are laying it on thick. All right, here we go, friends. If you don't want to, you can opt out, but we're opting everyone in instead of signing up. <laughs> so-